Well, hello there. Yes, this is me. This is Eutrice Lead, and I'm delighted to be back with you, to be back with friends and family uh, after a brief absence so far, and it will continue intermittently. Um, Gary mentioned <laughs> a rather somber experience I had and uh, am climbing out of, uh, and it really it threw me for a loop. Everything kind of combined in a, a firestorm. And I had so much to deal with, way beyond my capacity to do it. And I'll tell you very plainly, if it weren't for the fact that people surrounded me with their love and support and with their encouragement and with their prayers and their good wishes, I wouldn't be here today. I'm positive of it. So I'm also saying I'm positive about the, the power, that power to help, that psychic power, psychological power, spiritual power, it is pulling me through. It pulled me through a very, very, very dark hour and continues to support my faith that I will climb out of this eventually. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart for your, your emphatic presence in my life. And by choice, you're doing so. So that makes it all the more valuable to me. So let me tell you what happened. I live in South Florida, as you know, and everywhere, not just South Florida, in the world of real estate, things are going absolutely bonkers. There is this pervasive feeling that it's time to cash in on whatever it is you hold as real estate uh, as a landlord. And my landlord was among that number. I'd been living in a unit. It's part of a, a cooperative for 13 years. No problems whatsoever, not on my part. Um, no missed rents, no excuses for anything, no um, disruption uh, to impede other neighbors and so forth. Quite, quite uh, low-key and minding my own business and so forth. And I get a phone call not a notice, of, uh, an official notice, but a phone call. And he says, I'm thinking of selling the unit, so you'll have to vacate. Uh, where in the United States is that acceptable? Well, it turns out that he felt it was accept acceptable enough to just make a phone call and say, uh, I'm selling the unit, you've got to go. Well, he gave me, very generously, in his view, 10 days to clear out, or else I would be evicted. This is what he actually said. Of course, it's not the law. The law in Florida and in many other places in the United States, is that if a landlord is contemplating uh, regaining the use of his property, and if for any reason he just wants to make some serious changes, he has to notify the tenant uh, 
and the law stipulates 60 days, at least in Florida, 60 days you must give the tenant notice, 60 days, uh, so that the tenant has ample time to make arrangements, to leave and or do whatever. So I protested that. And his 10 days, he finally was made to understand that he was breaking the law with a phone call uh, telling me 10 days. So I had a little more time because of the law to hurry up just the same and get out. To find a moving company, you have to hire uh, you know, people to help you pack because I'm not in that position to do all that heavy lifting and stuff all by myself. And I had to find a place to put the things that I was taking with me in storage. But that didn't quite solve the entire problem. From my point of view, I had still to find, I still had three, not one, but three um, real estate agents looking for an, another apartment for me to live. And the atmosphere was so insane. Not one of them, including the person I used to work for, um, and he owned a real estate company. <laughs> he couldn't, he couldn't find anything for me to, to move to. So, in the meantime, my health is deteriorating very badly because I am super stressed. I'm stressed about my medical condition. I'm stressed about not having found a place in time within the time frame uh, that was given. And I am beside myself. I'm, I, I'm aware that I am disintegrating. It created even more stress. So I thought I would call Gary, and I did. And without hesitation, and I, I would say this so that everybody may hear, without hesitation, he said, I will make arrangements, and you don't have to worry about that. Um, just concentrate on getting better. In fact, why don't you just put that as your primary objective right now? Not finding a place or not, you know, what's happening with the court and the landlord and what. Put your health first. Put your health first. And so it was the best advice. When I decided to put my health at, uh, first, suddenly I was placed in the primary position, which I should have been uh, in all along. I am fully in charge now of health, my health, which is my sanity, my peace of mind, my ability to concentrate on my life. That was important because I was beginning to see the connection between being so stressed out and having to move in a vortex that was all around me and against me. I could not, I could not see a way out. I could not understand how this could happen to me. I mean, I was a dream tenant um, wherever I've lived. And this thing was just so brutal and sudden and wrong and illegal. And I'm fighting this by myself. Anyway, so I talked at length with Gary and he agreed that the number one thing to concentrate on would be to regain my sanity 
and in addition, regaining my health. By then, uh, I discovered that I had, as, as I decided to move away from where I was because I couldn't tolerate it anymore, uh, that I had, I asked my doctor, that's what I did, I asked my doctor to let me have a summary of my health conditions, which he had been treating me for. And lo and behold, on that report, that official report from the doctor, was a kind of, by the way, notation that I, among other ailments, had acute renal failure. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I mean, you just don't get acute renal failure overnight. So I had to confront the doctor. I had to say, well, wait a minute. This report says you, your office, you, the doctor, have reason to believe I have acute renal failure. You never told me this. This was never revealed to me. I have been sick. I have been suffering with all kinds of problems. And it could be that what was diagnosed, this is your official diagnosis, acute renal failure. And when you say acute renal failure, you're talking about both kidneys, not just one, both kidneys. He said, you never mentioned this. So, let alone, you know, you weren't engaged and engaging me in this revelation and therefore the need to pay urgent attention to it because it's, you know, left to itself, it could kill you. And I had contributing factors of, as well. I was diabetic. I had uh, markers that would be concerning. I had been already diagnosed with cancer, lung cancer, because of the World Trade Center bombing. And then uh, our office was just blocks away. And then I lived across the river, directly across the river. So the wind, you know, what the bomb didn't immediately accomplish, we got the after effects, the wind blowing all this toxic material. So I was diagnosed with cancer as well. So it was not a pretty picture. And I sank into deep depression about it. When, in fact, what was called for was vigorous action. And then the stress of this business of, well, I'm going to make money, I'm going to sell your apartment, you have to vacate it in 10 days. Uh, it was just too much. It was just too much. I couldn't handle it. I'm not ashamed to say it. The, the mass of problems coming together overwhelmed me. And I saw, I felt so sorry for myself. I felt so depressed, so overcome by what was stacked against me. I just couldn't see myself moving. And I will... I have no hesitancy at all now telling you that it was a veritable lifesaver that Gary intervened and leveled with me how to manage the configuration of, of uh, things that were confronting me. Help me with that. And... I have 
been very lucky that he was letting me in on things that I needed to consider immediately. And the most important thing was to fight for my life. I had to fight for my life. Forget about the landlord, forget about the other stresses, forget about, you know, where am I going to live and you know, forget about all of that. Priority is your life. I understood that. I still do understand that. And so when it was made public, the news was made public, the response from the audience was just overwhelming. And I thank you so much for that, because it invigorated me, and it let me know that I was not alone at all. You were there, present and accounted for, and you contributed to my faith in the moment with what I have to do. So... Uh, I have begun a rather rigorous program and it still is, I'm still far from the ultimate goal, but I'm getting there and I'm working hard at it. And your support meant so much and still does mean so much to me. It's pulling me through. So I just wanted to let you know where things are. And I want to thank you so much for your support. And I'm hoping that I could rely on you in the future to continue that support. So that's enough for the moment. We'll take a little break and come back and we'll talk again soon, right after that. You're listening to Lead Stories on PRN.FM. I'm Eutrice Lead, and I want to know how you dealt with a major development in your life that made things look so bleak, and what pulled you through? What pulled you through a really, really tough time in your life and are you safe now what did you feel before 888-874-4888 is the number to call and let's hear what you were feeling or have felt before facing very tough decisions and a very tough situation what pulled you through what would you say pulled you through? 888-874-4888. I'm sure you have been through very challenging times where you felt there were, there were no answers available except just prepare for the end. But from somewhere... You were energized. Somewhere, somehow, it pulled you through. What was that? And how did you come through? You know, the, the great uh, gospel sa singers sing the song of how I got over. <laughs> how did you get over? 888-874-488. Eutrice, you have a caller. It is Ed from L.A. Ed from L.A., you're on the air. Welcome. Eutrice, first of yeah. all, I want to say that I'm so glad you're back. I am so glad <laughs> that you are back. Um, Thank you. Uh, it almost brings me to tears because when Gary first told me about you, I just sat down and cried because... You're such a good woman, and you you don't deserve you don't deserve to be kicked out of your place. And he had a he had he had a responsibility to pay relocation costs and give you time to move out. 
Now, I'm in a similar situation, but different. My wife and I lived here for 12 years um, in L.A., and we were living off her trust, and I was her caregiver. And upon her death, which would have been $300,000, the brother, who said, you'll get all the trust, decided to pull the trust out from under me. And I was left penniless. And because the the pandemic actually helped me because I got rent relief, um, but now I owe the landlord twenty five grand. I have to get out of here, um, of course. And I had to deal with the death of my wife. Thirty seven year relationship. She died eight months before the pandemic shutdown. Um, so I had to come up with solutions. And my sister promised on my 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 wife's dying deathbed that I could come back and live with her. And then she reneged on that. I had a brother who said, you can come live with me. He reneged on that deal. He got married. Um, and my sister so also what, said, okay, what? well, if, here's what pulled so me what? through, okay? Okay, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get to it. I called Gary. <laughs> not, not for the, but because he has an intentional community down in northeastern Texas. And I talked to Lou Anthony, his nurse practitioner, and she was thrilled that I was going to be coming down there, which I am. I'm leaving here at the end of March, and I'm going to join that intentional community because I used to be a fitness trainer. And I, I did kind of what Luann has done on a mini scale. I have reversed arthritis in myself. I have reversed cancer in patients because I wrote down every protocol that Gary Null ever gave about how to reverse all these diseases, including Lyme disease, including bone loss and all of that stuff, and heart disease and stroke. I've written all of these protocols down, plus I have DVDs. So I, I'm in very good shape. That, that, um, I don't have any ailments. But I am doing so this all myself. I'm moving everything out, and it is very overwhelming. Yes, it is. <clears throat> and But the good news is that you're doing it. Uh, do you That's feel, right. Do you feel improved? Do you feel that you have put into play... a, a uh, successfully, another dimension of yourself that you did not call on before. Yes, <laughs> and it's—I hate to say it—but it goes back to <laughs> Barack Obama's statement that he, <laughs> when he ran uh, for election, which is "Yes, we can." To "Yes, I can." Yes, I can. Yes, I'm capable of doing this. And now I've got to come up with the money to get my car fixed because Luann said, you need a car down there. My sister was going to help me with that, but she's reneged on that too. But that's okay. That's what eBay's for and selling stuff that I don't need. (laughs) Sure. Well, Ed, I'm so glad to join you, at least psychically join you, because... We were facing, both facing, rather tough and challenging times. But somehow, we managed to call on our reserves. And the reserves are within yourself and within a community that might be available to you. So you did that successfully. So I, th- I thank you for your testimony, as they say, with no testimony without a test. <laughs> So I really appreciate up. you coming back so much, so Luann, so thank much. You so I really do. Thank you, thank you very much, Ed, and you. Thank you also for fortifying me. Thank you. Eight 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 seven four four eight 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 is the number to call. How did you come through a challenging situation? What did you call upon within yourself? or within the group or community that supports you, that pulled you through, 888-874-4888. Eutrice, you have Henry from Chicago. Henry from Chicago, you're on the air. Hello, Eutrice. Hello, Henry. It is so glad to hear your voice again. And I don't know if you have some new equipment, but your voice is so clear now. I mean, it's like very, very, very clear. <laughs> I don't Maybe know if it was just me. Maybe because I'm just out in the country, out in the countryside. 
Yeah, because I was like, maybe maybe I was just anxious to hear your voice, and it just sounds clear. But, um, I, you know, I, 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 I always, you know, as you know, I always admire you, and I know you're a fighter, and I know, you know, you're going to get through this. We're behind you. And I'm not surprised about the support that you got because of the fact that many people know you, and it's like we can't let another icon of of our community go by the wayside because as you know many of our icons in our community died broke penniless sometimes you know destitute so i love the response of the community when your situation is like you know even though you're not you know you're not dead or anything but we're going to support you <laughs> i'm not dead or anything not yet no <laughs> No, not yet. Not yet. You're not, you're not, not supposed yet. to go yet. So. Right. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. But uh, I think uh, in my most recent memory, uh, as something that I went through that was a dark time, uh, and, and, you know, we, uh, I remember you had met uh, my wife and my daughter uh, when you did a speech in New York a couple of years ago. Yeah. And it, 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 it brought me back to a time where um, uh, me and my wife almost got divorced. It was a it was a very dark time in our marriage, and we was just basically not working out. And I was basically kind of preparing myself like, okay, uh, I'm just going to you know find another place to go. I'm gonna let the let my wife and my daughter and and, and my son have the house, whatever they need. Just going through, just going through my mind about you know uh, separation and you know when we go through the divorce process, she gets the house, she gets this, she gets that, whatever, you know, alimony and child support I need to pay, you know, I'm, I, it's just all going through my head at this time. And so as I'm as I'm mentally checking out, uh, my daughter who was young at the time. And it's so interesting how children pick up on things, even though, you know, me and my wife, we always talked about, you know, we never argue with other children. You know, if there's something that we need to do, you know, we, we take that into the, you know, to the room or something like that. But she knew, even though she was a very, you know, she was very young at the time, she knew something was going on between, you know, mommy and daddy. And there was a point where she told me, she said, daddy, I don't want you to go. And so at that point, I was, you know, my emotions kind of got to me. But then something had happened at that point, too, because my wife, and, and, and this is probably why I'm still with her. My wife basically, you know, challenged me on something. And she said, listen, I'm looking to work this out if you're looking to work this out as well. And so we had a long talk about what led us to this point. And I think that talk between us basically got me to a point where uh, it, it even got me to a point saying, well, you know what? I think this will be worth, you know, fighting for. And at that point, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're still married. Not to say that it's been perfect. Not to say that, you know, it's it's been a smooth ride since that time because obviously, you know, things have changed, but it's changed for the better because I think I realized at that point, too, that um, marriages work. And it, it's work to keep it, but the benefits of being married significantly outweighed if I was going to separate or be divorced by this time. I think if, if, if I may, I think what you're mm -hmm. saying is you realized the, the uh, value of making an investment in something mm -hmm. that you had hoped would propel your whole family forward. You, you made an investment by getting married, and therefore the marriage mm -hmm. had value, and therefore it was worth protecting because in a way, uh, directly, it helps everybody. 
So you saw mm-hmm. yourself as, let me make the change. I'll go with the change. I'll take the risk of being outside myself. You know, you, usually you make decisions based strictly on yourself. But you didn't think that way. And it was for the better. You're seeing now how in the middle of a crisis, you were compelled to draw from yourself the best of yourself to save a situation. Yeah. And and like I said, I think it started with my daughter. My daughter, she's my heart. And when she told me she did not want me to go, I just, I had to find it in myself to kind of, uh, to kind of, work this out. And then when my, when, when my wife approached me and challenged me on this, I think that even signified that I have to figure something out here. And like you said, figure something out where I need to make the change because if, if, if I can, like you said, value this marriage and maintain it, it'll be better, not just for me, but for the whole collective. Precisely. But Look at what, have you evaluated yet what it has done for you, the decision that you made? Yes, I, I think it, I mean, looking looking at it now, because that was some years ago, um, I think it I think it has worked out for, for, for my family uh, because my daughter is in a place now where I could not imagine if we were co-parenting what what she would have been now because of the fact that she she valued my presence in the house to 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 stand up as a young child to say to me not to go because she understood that you know i needed her as she needed me as much as i needed her and at that same and at that same point you know, she also understood that her mom needed me as much as I needed her as well. So yeah. that right there, yeah, I, I think that. And then, like I said, it it's not perfect, but at the same time, I think my decision to stay uh, uh, benefited me more than it would have been if I would have, you know, separated or divorced by this time. Which is another way of saying your decision was perfect. You stepped up to the plate. Yeah, your decision was perfect. Your decision was perfect. Your child was perfect in in understanding the situation and communicating that to you. So, uh, look at it from that angle as well. That you your own resources helped you so much in a time of grief or distress. Thanks so much, Henry. Mm-hmm. Great to hear from you. Hey, great to hear from you too, you Teresa, and thank you. Thank you. 888-874-4888. You're listening to Lead Stories on PRN.FM. You, Teresa, you have Jane from Brooklyn. Jane from Brooklyn, you're next. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you, and uh, so nice to hear your live voice this afternoon and um, just regarding getting through difficult overwhelming situations it's um, thinking of various times various situations but the heart of it all is just keeping a focus on what you want to have happen and and when everything's swirling around just to just to have that is such a clear definite picture and then, um, you know, things unfold. And then, you know, of course, one does the little steps day by day, what one must do, and gifts come your way and people, and somehow things just happen. I mean, I'm thinking of different, I don't know, times where just, you know, you're going along, life is day by day, and then something happens and everything's different, and all of a sudden one has to rearrange. <laughs> yeah, you have to um, rearrange your life. So, yeah, and so, uh, but just to, uh, you know, something for you right now to just, you know, you may already have had that point, which is why you're here now, 
of just getting, you know, what you really want, which is your health and, you know, to continue the beauty of your life and helping people. Well, thank you. So, and Have you been through a challenging situation yourself? I, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had a, uh, I was uh, living in New Orleans for uh, a while and had a very nice life there. And then all of a sudden, you know, after many, many hurricanes through the years, uh, Katrina comes. And then, you know, literally overnight, when I heard the levees broke, it's like, you know, it's just gone. And uh, for me... You know, I knew I had to move on, which ultimately I did. And, you know, I was thinking about that just while I was waiting to get on the line with you. And I realized at a certain point there was something where I said, okay, I want a job within six months. And, you know, just, I don't know, just had that. And, you know, I did what I had to do. And then, you know, long story short, it actually happened, (laughs) you know, and, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a funny way, as these things do, the day I was coming home from my first day at the job, I opened the mailbox and, uh, you know, was fortunate to have the support of unemployment. But the notice was there, well, if you need this for another six months, send this off. And I thought, well, don't need to do that. <laughs> so, you know, that was one time. And, you know, just even thinking of... Um, You know, recent time with a parent who, you know, very independent for years, but then suddenly is not. And, you know, going through a change of her circumstances and helping her and, you know, all that. And, um, you know, again, just, you know, I can can remember a point where I thought, okay, let's, you know, get you in it, you know, blah, 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 different things to happen. And, you know, it, it happened. So I don't know, you know, it's just just remembering that sometimes because, of course, when one's in the midst of everything with negatives and, you know, then there's always another X factor that <laughs> comes in during the day. But, um, you know, just to rest when you can and keep your positive vision. Thank you, Jane. That was very encouraging. So where are you now? In, in your head? I, in my head? Yeah. Uh, I'm well. I'm well. I mean, I'm actually, you know, in full disclosure, it was just like a very busy year for me with, uh, you know, doing things and moving my mom from independence to now assisted living. And, you know, so I had a couple moves during that year and a couple illnesses for her, which was... So anyway, basically these... Ne- these this time now, I'm just focusing on uh, kind of R and R, resting, restoring, focusing on some positive things, and uh, you know, I have. So anyway, you know, it's it's like a new phase, and I'm just grateful for what happened in this recent one. And you know, I realized that you know, I'm not thinking of a, a few stages in my life where there were things that changed. That ultimately, that was what got me through was. Somehow, if I could get a really clear vision of what do I want. Okay, well, then, at least you're here in indeed. pretty good shape. You know, you, your mind seems oh, to be working goodness. pretty well. Oh, yeah. You, you oh, yeah. might no, be in that, very good health, and you are therefore oh, yeah. well-positioned. You know, you have, you have come to a place of... Uh, uh, how should I say stasis? You 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 know your life. Your life has been uh, revealed before you, and you you clear as to where you want to go next. That means that you're clear that you have come far from where you were to a place of stasis, where you can have the uh, good fortune of taking your time making your decisions differently, and enjoying your life. So that's a great, great accomplishment, Jane. Thank you so much for calling and for contributing today. Thank you. Well, uh, and all the best to you. Thank you. Thank you, Jane. Thank you. 888-874-4888 is the number to call. I'd like to hear what your experience has been in coming through 
difficult times, great challenges, but you're still in fighting mode. Utrice, <laughs> you have Gino from the Bronx. Gino from the Bronx. Hello, Gino. How are you? Oh, hi. <laughs> it's good to hear your voice. I just came up from feeding the cats downstairs. One who was no longer feral, just about ready to be up for adoption. I just took some pictures of him. And uh, I put the, I, I didn't go out to the Botanical Garden, my external Eden up here in the Bronx. I came up and I put the show on, and here you are. So <laughs> I'm not going out to the gardens yet. So oh. uh, I, I'm, I missed the beginning. So uh, the question is, uh, how do you, what's going on with you? How have you dealt with a very trying and difficult time? Well, uh, and realizing that perhaps by yourself you you can't you can't overcome it. How did you come truth. through it? <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> Carrying on since my mom passed suddenly when I was 16, Utrecht, um, I, I pursued, uh, I wasn't going to church at that age, uh, up here in the Bronx, it was very tough between the racial violence and those who were more advanced who wouldn't pick on people because of the color of the skin, but picking on themselves with drugs. So I went uh, another route due to uh, two sources. A friend, a musician friend of mine reminded me about God and our bodies being a temple and what we eat. And we want to understand the, the God of life. We shouldn't be doing destructive things. And also discovering the works of Edgar Cayce, who I still, or God through him, I still enjoy a lot of inspiration to this day. Because at this point, none of the churches part, you know, move me in terms of they don't follow what the book says that I finally read five years ago, the whole book from Genesis to Revelation. They don't teach us how to eat right. They don't teach us how to meditate, most, most of them, or most of the majority of the people in those groups. They don't, you know, and they don't get involved with issues that keep us from going into an Armageddon situation. It don't have to happen. There were prophets who predicted things, and because people changed, repented, and it didn't happen. So they get stuck on a fatalistic notion of their relationship with each other and our Creator. So what brings me through is what brings me through to this day. In my situation, being surrounded around a lot of people who, it's like I'm like a salmon going upstream. I see so much death and suffering around me daily. So my thing is, internally, I do my prayers, I do my meditation, I, I go out to the botanical gardens, or any gardens, and I meet people, and I turn them on to PRN, I turn them on to spiritual teachers, I, I give them personal experiences, as I've indicated with you years ago, with the butterfly, butterfly experience. I don't think I said this one to you, though, and I'll make it brief. When my dad died, I had a dream how he would die a year and a half before. I woke up with tears the first time these kind of things started happening to me. And so when when I went out to, um, when I got news that he actually passed, and I saw he would die with his heart, and he died with getting the bypass operation. So I left the, uh, my city job at the time for a year and a half, uh, working with counseling youngsters, and I went out to the Orchard Beach here, and I went out to Section 1, and I sat, and it was a winter time, but it was like a spring day, and I sat in the middle of the rocks on the end of Section 1, for those who know the beach, it's shaped like a U. And I'm sitting up against a jetty painted yellow, and I'm crying because I was trying to rationalize my dad would die, you know, maybe his old self would die because he was a tough character. And yet, no, he physically died. And I had no phone call from him in 17 years, hadn't seen him. So I was putting more water into the ocean, and Utrecht, I looked up, <laughs> and I saw the most beautiful woman walking towards me with a, white, a yellow shawl on her head, and a white garb that they wore, you know, a couple thousand years ago in, in that part of the world. And the most beautiful face and the peace that came into my emotional body this, the, the, that I was, you know, holding in the tears for like a year and a half, trying to rationalize that the old self would die. But no, he physically died. So I'm crying, look up, see her walking towards me. But I did the same thing I did with my mom, the news, when I got the news, how she, was, she was going to pass soon. I, I, I went into the staircase, I cried, went into that room, I didn't want her to see my red eyes, so I stayed away from her with a room full of people, and the same thing happened with this woman. I didn't want to keep looking at her, because she was walking towards me. And I turned my head away, took my glasses off, wiped my eyes, and no more than, I, I would say, two minutes if you give it the maximum, and it takes 15 minutes to walk where we are. I, did, I figured she's standing right next to me, and she was walking very slow on, on the sand. When I looked up, turned around, I didn't see her. So... 
That was in 1987, 77 was that butterfly story I told you about that I heard to call it. It was 168 feet away that came and landed on my finger. But those folks out there never did ayahuasca, never did acid, mushrooms, never did any of that stuff. Just meditation, which took me three months to really learn to experience the inner being and the connectedness of all of us. So that was something that is one of my peak experiences. And to this day, I just follow the same protocol. I know that all visible beings come from the invisible. I know all our sounds come from the silence. So I attune myself to that. And I, from there, I come out and I just try and share a loving hope that so I can do a phone call with people or personally uh, and uh, try to turn them on to sources of information that they're not getting on the mainstream media, how to eat right and, you know, how to, and the teachers I discovered, like George Washington Carver, who, who worked with kids who were paralyzed every weekend and they got unparalyzed, who meditated every morning at four. Most people don't know the genius spiritual giant that he is. So this is what keeps me going. The very thing that kept me going when I was 16, I just hit 67 physically. And it's the same source of sustenance from where we come from, where we are, and where we're going, that to maintain that relationship, no matter what's going on around us, that even in the Holocaust, there were Jewish folks who even sang, you know, before they, they, they were going to be put to death. And that kind of spirit, knowing that there's something in us that cannot be destroyed, and being in touch with that, allays the fear and allows us to function in a more loving way, no matter what's going on around us. So I hope, uh, I got you in my prayers, like I said on that, if you got that memo from Phil, and, uh, you know, I, I did my part otherwise, and... Uh, I keep you in my prayers. It's good to hear your voice. I don't know. I missed the beginning, so I don't know where you are. You're probably at Gary's. Uh, how's things working out with the apartment? I'm, I don't like to just keep it one-sided thing. I, I, my first thing is, what's going on with you? Because I missed the beginning of the show. Oh, well, then you'll have to, you sentenced to listening to it. Go into the <laughs> archive. I okay. sentence you to listening to the opening. Uh, I should get more sentences like that. <laughs> all right, so it's about almost 5-2. So, again, Utrecht, we all love you, and keep up the good work with us and your loved ones uh, when you're off the radio show. And keep to the protocol and take those deep breaths and keep it going. Utrecht, most people do meditation, I find, that they don't keep it going deeper. The deeper the breath, the brain waves change. You get to that intuitive mind. You get to the part of us that is not this physical body. And that vibration, that spirit, that actually I believe with the Christ spirit, People have risen from the dead, and people have been cured. Like what worked, like Gary says, with Catherine Coleman. There was no, no, you know, potions, no food changes. The grace of God alone cured so many people. And she insisted they go back to doctors. And if anybody watches her videos, you see the radiant face of her. You see the doctors from the major uh, hospitals in the front row. So there is a God the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Unfortunately, most of us don't really practice to really tune into that instead of it being theoretical and we're up against you know the drugs out here and the, and, and, and the TV and, the, and the, the computer and the, the gambling and we just need to just slow down take some breaths and keep the, the key is patience because he ain't going to give us a, a sword if we're sticking ourselves with a toothpick so be patient <laughs> what do we got to lose because when you look around where, where we're coming from it's chaotic it's 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 contention it's it's not cooperative like in the world it should be cooperation to competition it's all the antichrist things that we know is antichrist whereas it could be pro-christ and just being loving it's not complicated i don't need to know all the quotations in the bible it's summed up with love god with all our heart mind soul neighbor as ourself it's a book about love for those who attune to it and those who rebel well we see what happens with those and the honesty well, of the bible you. shows the the, the the jews wrote about their leaders they all had faults that amazes thank me you. they didn't hide their faults I right, you, trees, you Gino, god for bless. your Keep contribution today and thank you so much for your encouraging words. I appreciate it. 888, I wonder if we have time for one more call. 888-874-4888. No more callers right now, you trees. Okay. Um, and I want to talk about these calls that we've received um, indicating what I think is the the general feeling in the audience. And I thank you very much for that. It is an act of uh, kindness, but it's also an act of great generosity that you are sharing your own uh, 
particular experiences with very bad times or challenging times that confronted you and somehow you confronted them with a particular kind of courage wherever it is you drew your courage from. It might have been a child, as uh, Henry was telling us. It might have been the the fact that, in fact, uh, divorce changed. Was It was a major development, but it changed your life. Or whether it was Katrina, as Jane shared with us, a storm that turned her life upside down. And yet she found balance through it. Uh, sorry, Gene, about his uh, spiritual grounding that brought him through several moments in his life that were particularly challenging. So we find some ways, many times, to confront the challenges before us that appear to be insurmountable at the time. And until we start opening ourselves to trying to find what the experience is, is, is telling us that we must do, how to prepare ourselves, but always to fortify us for the fight. Because when these kinds of times challenge you, you have to understand you're in a fight, you're in a struggle. And, of course, the, the great desire is to win when you're in battle. You want to win. So we have all kinds of messages coming to us, people coming to us at different times in our lives to rescue us. But that doesn't mean that we are relieved of the work that must be done. So that's where I am right now in doing the work. I want to thank you so much for being with me today, and we'll have a couple more days of reunion and uh, pick up from where we left off. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>